the WBC Talk podcast. My name's Tom and we've got a special episode today just looking at 1 Timothy chapter 5, 17 through to 6-2 um, just as a one-off really because on Sunday if you were with us in church we looked at the first half of that chapter and before we get to 1 Timothy chapter 6 next week we just thought we'd fill in the gap with this special episode uh, looking at it now. So if you missed that sermon last Sunday you might like to go back and listen to it on our sermon podcast feed um, and and catch up before listening to this. We're picking up in verse 17. If you were with us on Sunday, you, you'll remember that we saw in this chapter how um, Paul is just beginning to get into some of the detail about what it means for this church in Ephesus to conduct themselves as the household of God. Uh, they're a church who are holding on to the truth. What does it mean then to live out that truth that they are being taught? It's going to look like living together as family. We saw that in verse 1 and 2. Um, and a particular example of that is going to look like honouring the widows amongst them, um, particularly the widows who are really in need. We spent time thinking about that on Sunday. But there are also two other categories of people to honour that uh, Paul draws Timothy's attention to in this chapter. Verse 17 through to verse uh, 25 of the chapter, Paul's talking about the call to honour the elders. Um, and in particular, just being careful, therefore, who you appoint. And also a bit to say in ch- at the start of chapter 6 on honouring um, employers or, or honouring masters. Let's have a look at it together. If you've got a Bible, you might want to open up to 1 Timothy chapter 5. Just as we scan through this briefly together, have a look down in verse 17, you'll see that it says, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well um, are worthy of double honour. In other words, the guys who who aren't false teachers, the guys who are guarding against that, the guys who are doing a good job of holding on to and holding out the truth of the gospel, Honour them for it. It's the same word as the word for widows in verse 3, that word to honour. Um, by the way, when it says double honour, the word of double honour, that doesn't mean double pay. It's just a kind of a, an extra emphasis. You know, it means respect and esteem. And in some instances, that instances, as we're going to see in a moment, that will mean remuneration. Um, but that kind of double honour is hold them in the highest regard. There are people who have been set aside to guard and protect and hold on to and hold out the truth of the gospel uh, and we've seen already in 1 Timothy what happens when that goes wrong and when you have guys who don't do that then you are in all sorts of bother and you're going to go into a tailspin as a church um, and so who your elders are matters and so it's right that for those who are doing that job properly that you honour them rightly especially Paul writes in verse 17 um, the preacher teachers are what we, we would call the pastors you know those who have a specific set aside role to labour that's the word for work there the kind of labouring in preaching and teaching um, and to support, to support that argument, verse 18, you see four, Scripture says, so the, the rationale, the justification for what Paul has just said, four, Scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. So Paul quotes from Deuteronomy and Luke to make the point that, that the honour for these guys, these pastor teachers, is going to look like paying them appropriately. Um, and note that this is God's word saying it. This is Scripture. This is Old and New Testament from Deuteronomy and Luke. Uh, in other words, don't, don't place unrealistic financial burdens on said pastor teacher while he's trying to do the job of preaching and pastoring. You know, you want your pastors to have the headspace and the freedom to write their sermons and pastor the church, not worry about how they're going to make ends meet or need to get an extra job on the side to pay the bills or, you know, like a kind of, a kind of muzzled ox trying to tread grain. It's not a particularly flattering image, that, to be honest. Um, and that's not to devalue the ministry, but rather to communicate that it's hard work, or at least it should be, uh, particularly for, you know, Clover and I in, in our case. And just to say on that, you know, we, um, we've we got really good structures and reviews for things like that in place here. 
and Clover and I are thankful to be well supported and it's a great privilege um, that we both have to serve this church. It is hard work because it should be, but both Clover and I are freed up to work hard by the generous support of this church family. And um, just moving on into verse 19, honouring the elders is also going to look like verse 19, not um, gossiping about them, not spreading rumours about them. This may have been a particular issue in Ephesus with this kind of widow's list. Maybe some have got upset that they weren't on it. They've started pointing the finger at the elders, that sort of thing. But Paul reminds Timothy there, look at verse 19. Uh, look, if there is a genuine issue with one of the elders, then follow the normal process. You know, we kind of see that sketched out for us in Matthew 18. You know, hear it from two or three witnesses. Um, and then before bringing it to, to to the church and if elders are to be found living in unrepentant sin then of course verse 20 hold them to account um, and just remember you know Ephesus this is so important when there is false teaching in the air you know if you get a whiff of that from the elders Paul is saying reprove them you don't want anyone else sliding into that rubbish we thought about that a few weeks ago in chapter 3 with Clover so I'm not going to spend long on that now but um, it should go without saying that the godliness of the elders matters enormously Elders don't get a free pass from having to take sin seriously. Timothy wasn't to kind of let something go because he was mates with one of the elders, verse 21. Don't show partiality, don't show favoritism. Um, so with all that to say, we want to, as Paul's saying to Timothy here, look, hold the elders in high esteem. The elders are worthy of honour. But therefore they should be held to high account because they have a high calling in the guarding and protecting and holding out of the truth. Therefore, they need to be appointed wisely, right? That's the point in verse 22. Can you see that? Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands. By which Paul means by that, he's talking about the commissioning of new elders, the laying on of hands, um, much as you did for me at my um, when I was had my induction back in, in October last year. The elders laid hands on me for that. Um, you know, so Paul's saying here to Timothy, look, don't, <clears throat> don't rush into this. And in so doing, share in the sins of others. In other words, look, Timothy, you're going to be compromised if you rush the elder selection process of of chapter three go slow get it right get elders who as a church you can honor rightly for a job well done um, not who lead people astray into sin and by the way just on that you know we're talking this through regularly as elders you know slowly and carefully we're thinking about who might be suitable to nominate onto the eldership and then you know that's taken to the members to vote on that's that's not a rushed process it's intentional it's really important that we're regularly thinking about it as our church grows and um and uh, and goes on over time but that is a considered and a patient process as we think about the appointment of of new elders verse 23 seems a bit random doesn't it if you're kind of looking at it why does paul suddenly digress to this stop drinking only water use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses um seems a bit of a random introduction i think i, I was chatting about this with somebody especially i don't think this necessarily is that random you can imagine can't you that the stress of the job that Timothy's got is causing some illness, right? Maybe perhaps stomach ulcer, that sort of thing. You know, he's trying to appoint new elders who are decent and aren't shady. Um, he doesn't want to be rushed too hasty in it, but there is a bunch of false teaching going on in Ephesus that he's got to watch out for. Uh, there's some stuff, all this stuff going down with the widows as well. It's all getting a bit too much for him. And so Paul just suggests, look, have a glass of wine at dinner just to calm things down a bit. Okay. Um, which is an important aside, I think. This isn't kind of a, a verse about... Um, the merits or or not or not of drinking alcohol i think the point is that look being an elder being a pastor it does come with a degree of stress more or less in different seasons and so i think one guy I read on this is right when he 
when he says that it is part of the duty of a good minister to take reasonable care of his health in order that he may render effective service. Um, so you should care about and you should have absolute permission to ask Clover and I you know, how we're relaxing, whether we're doing any exercise, that sort of thing, because that's really important. Um, because uh, just as Paul's saying to Timothy here, to kind of remedy what's a season of clear stress for him, it's just practical advice for getting on in ministry. Verse 24, 25 is, is the, um, I guess, words of comfort and reassurance for Timothy in this season, though, you know, this is like Paul saying, look, as you assess guys for eldership, or to be on the widow's list or whatever it might be, don't stress, though, to the point of ill health, because mistakes are inevitable. You know, verse 24, the sins of some are obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of them. The sins of others trail behind them. Um, so there are going to be some people, perhaps who you appoint to various positions, whatever it might be, that you find out only later on about what's gone down or that they might not be appropriate for that role. Um, and that's okay. That's something you have to trust into the sovereign hands of God. Don't ruin your health in getting anxious about this and trust that into God's hands uh, as you go about this appointment of elders. So I think just, there we go, just some really kind of practical stuff in verse 17 through 25 on elders and honoring elders, but therefore appointing rightly. That's just, I guess, the second point of the chapter is, look, as we live out, as family as God's household that call to honor the elders and therefore to appoint them um, wisely that's chapter five and then um, final thing just from chapter six verse one and two I mean this is brief but uh, we can just work work through it briefly I think Paul's point is look honor your employer especially if they're a believer okay so verse one all who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full respect that word for respect is the same word for honor right so third time it's come up in the chapter um slaves made up a large number of first century Ephesus okay and just worth saying if it needs saying Paul is not approving of slavery here okay I'm not going to go into that now that's another podcast in entirely um, but Paul is just commenting on slaves who were working in that context right culturally lots of that sort of thing is going on different to perhaps what we consider as modern day slavery um back then slaves were to consider their masters worthy of full respect Okay, that's what Paul's saying in verse 1. Honour them. It's meaningful in a day when slaves could often be disrespectful. Honour your master, Paul says, so that, can you see that clause, so that God's name and our teaching isn't slandered. So you're part of the family of God. You're a part of the church. You're part of the pillar and foundation of the truth. If you then show a lack of submission to your master, that's going to bring that family of God, that church, into disrepute. Right. So, you know, we get that, right? If you're... Um, if your boss at work knows you're a Christian, but you treat him or her badly, how does that reflect on the God that you profess to worship? Okay, we're called to honour our employers. And Paul says, verse 2, honour them especially if they're a believer. Right, if you've got the privilege of having a Christian boss in your workplace, um, don't disrespect them because they're your brother or sister. They are your family members, absolutely, as we've seen already in chapter 5. But don't then use that as an opportunity to show them disrespect. Rather, no, show them even greater respect, verse 2. Uh, serve them even better, because they're family. There's lots, of, there's um, loads more that we could say <coughs> on those verses, I guess, and on that theme, particularly, I guess, in terms of what it means to be a Christian in the workplace, whether or not you've got a Christian employer. Uh, Clover and I have been talking about how we might do some more teaching on that specific theme in the coming year. Watch this space on that. Uh, we're, we're conscious and aware that for most people, they're off in the workplace for the majority of their of their week. Um, and it's really important that we consider what 
God's Word has to say about what does it mean to be in the workplace. Uh, I'm really pleased on that, that we're running that Transforming Work course. Perhaps some of you have been going along to that. If you've missed out on that this time around, then I'm sure we'll run it again um, in due course. But uh, yeah, more on that theme to come, I guess, in time to come. Okay, there we go. That's that's the rest of 1 Timothy 5 and into chapter 6. Hopefully you're just seeing some of those big themes come through. What does it mean as God's household, um, as we conduct ourselves rightly, as we seek to honour one another, honouring the widows, particularly those in special need, honouring our elders, those who've been placed um, in that position of, of, of leadership, um, honouring our employers when we're at work, and especially our Christ- those, those employers who are Christians. Um, let's seek to be about that more and more as a church family. Romans 12.10, outdoing one another and showing honour. Wouldn't it be great, as we said on Sunday, if we did that more and more? Uh, what a wonderful place to be and what a wonderful place to bring people into from outside so they can see something of what it means to be a Christian. And we're going to pick this up again on Sunday. Hope to see you there for that as we dive into um, chapter two, uh, chapter 6, rather, 2 through 10. Um, hope to see you there for that. Or subscribe to the WBC Sermons podcast if you haven't already to keep up with the series. Love to you all. Mm-hmm.